wish it had like a little like light. That would be really cool. I always like that. Anyways, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. We've already got somebody watching. Hey, Anita, how are we doing this week? Nice to see you. Well, so you guys might notice that somebody's missing this week. Jane has uh, some traveling to do, but she says if she can get back in time, she will pop on. So fingers crossed, maybe she will. I know she's always interested when we do these these mid-month kind of astrology check-ins because she's she's been very interested in it. And she's also been my, my guinea pig. She's kind of let me play with her chart as I've been learning this last year about Hellenistic astrology. But because I'm not an expert by any means, we have to bring on some real experts to help, you know, actually show us the way. So last week we had, or excuse me, last month we had Renee come on. And this month we have Kyle, who is from the Astrology Hotline, who's going to kind of show us what's going on this month. Hey, Kyle, how are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. All things considering. <laughs> yeah. It's been a gnarly month so far, astrologically speaking. And yeah. Uh, yeah, been feeling it, been feeling it. But let, let's hold on because I know we can go down that rabbit hole real easily. Yeah. And uh, we got to say hello to Margaret. Margaret's my co-host for the day. Thank you for joining us today, Margaret. Yeah, excited to be here. It was um, fun to get the little invite uh, surprise. And like I've la loved the last couple of shows that I've been able to tune in for. So very excited to hear more. We've been trying to get you on for a while. I just, the I guinea pig. Our schedules have, have not worked out. So I'm yeah. so glad you were able to join us this week. Yeah, very cool. Well, before we dive too far into the weeds, let's give you guys a chance to introduce yourselves, tell our people what you do and how to find you. So, Margaret, since you were last, let's talk about you first. All right. So um, I have a YouTube channel called Margaret Pennard. Very hard to remember. And actually, it's on my T-shirt, too, because that's my, my mom's <laughs> name. <laughs> like Peg Pennard, Margaret Pennard. Um, and I talk about books. So I'm an author of historical fiction. I've got five books out. Um, it's been, been a few years since I since I published that fifth one. So working on the next one. Um, it's um, British Empire, Scotland, Canada. Um, interesting settings to, to take you away and tell you about other people's lives and especially voices that are not usually heard from and social movements that may have um, light to shed on our current ones. So that is my passion. I've got onto YouTube about a year and a half ago and um, love talking about books with people. I do the booktube things like TBRs and wrap-ups and tags, but I also love to have authors on my channel talking about stuff um, related to holidays or their books or their launches or anything like that. And um, yeah, I think I'll pause there and say, yes, historical fiction, author tube, booktube, mm -hmm. all good to go. Now, you've been hosting some writing sprints on your channel, too, which I, I absolutely love sprints. What started you on that? So um, the cool kids were doing it, first of all. And um, so I turned it into a productivity sprint the first Friday. So I just do a productivity sprint the first Friday of the month. And then I've been um, following up Shannon of SD Houston's sprints on some other Fridays as well, because it just keeps the momentum going. I show up for her at like 7 a.m. of my time. And then um, nine is when I start mine sometimes. So that's that's been helpful as well. And um, yeah, productivity streams. Um, 
basically just to get people in the mood to get stuff done or like shake up when they have resistance against stuff because they have someone else sitting with them watching laughing and making it not hurt so bad <laughs> i i've always said sprinting is great for for those who need to get into that habit of shutting the editor off and just mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. because not only does it put a time limit on your writing but there's that little element of of competition where when you're done with the sprint, how many words did you come up with? And as everybody's listing their word count, you're like, man, I got to do better. I got to beat them. This is an illustration <laughs> of how different motivations uh, work for different people because that's not why I do it at all. I like getting people involved, but I like um, going on the tangents in between and then you know being the person who's facilitating, bringing us back, but essentially having fun. So. I love that. No, that's good. And, then, and there's different ways to approach it. Yeah, I do. I, I respond better towards the, the competition side of it, I think, because I want to be the best. Damn it. I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is awesome. And definitely we'll be putting your information in the notes at the uh, bottom. For those of you who are coming to watch this after the fact so you'll definitely be able to find margaret and all her stuff let's jump over to kyle now and kyle tell us all about the astrology podcast uh the Astro uh, astrology hotline yeah yes yeah, sorry astrology I, hotline <laughs> astrology podcast i know the names are similar but yeah it's a much more um prominent podcast but uh no it's a <laughs> um yeah astrology hotline is uh it's the the podcast that answers all your burning astrology and birth chart questions right um but we uh, basically we answer questions that are sent in by listeners. Um, really, is anything about astrology? We'll we'll answer it. Um, we'll answer it for a very long time too. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, but you know, even if it's not your question, it's obviously it's being worth listening to because we end up talking a lot, a lot of different astrological theory, and um, you can usually apply a lot of the things we talk about to your own chart. Um, yeah. That's You've been doing like a series right on, on, mm -hmm. uh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, okay. I was yeah, just saying, no, you've been uh, doing a series, an educational one where you're teaching people a little bit more about astrology as well, which I, I think is really, really helpful, especially for a lot that are interested in astrology, but maybe aren't ready to, to jump into like real formal classes yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My co-host and I, Tristan Paler, uh, is an excellent astrologer as well, or, you know, um, we realize that we're kind of really uh, on the far end of the spectrum in terms of astrological nerdery. So we wanted to Ooh, like make word. it so that at least, uh, yeah, uh, provide like some basic educational material for people um, listening to the podcast so that they're not um, totally lost when lost. We're, we're talking yeah. about what we're talking about. <laughs> so, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's astrology it complicated, uh, pretty easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's its own language. And when you get really into astrology, you can very easily get wrapped up in the language and not uh, uh, almost stop speaking English after a while. So um can only that control that so much. Things... So sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh can only control the amount of jargon that we end up using so much. So at least giving some lessons on the jargon I figured would be helpful. That was one of the things that, that I really, really loved about astrology when I started actually picking it up was that it is truly a different language. And, and it's almost like reading ancient Egyptian, where the, the symbols have a meaning, but 
the the symbol's placement to another symbol changes the meaning of it and and really you have to understand all of the different elements to create the sentence you know or the delineation of what those symbols actually mean for you and and it's kind of like that that secret code language really really picked my interest and and made me want to like dive deeper into it oh yeah well i was a student of like psychology for a long time and then sociology anthropology history like all the the people sciences right but uh i remember I like that getting into um psychology and just being like wow i have suddenly this vocabulary for stuff that like i felt or like recognized but like wasn't able to describe and uh astrology can be really great for that once you understand it because it's like wow i have this like language this equipment for understanding things that i didn't have before so even if you like if you're not a believer in astrology it can be very useful for just just the language just the like being able to to use different terms or um be able to put things in words that you wouldn't be able to otherwise yeah yeah, it's, it's definitely been fascinating. And, and the more that I've learned, the more I want to learn and the more I realize how little I actually know, like there's so many different approaches and techniques. And it's, uh, it's one of those things I think you could learn for years and years and years and still have more to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you're never done, I think, with astrology, probably with a lot of things. But I, I know for myself, still, it's like there's still so much more for me to learn. And I'm always like learning stuff, reading people's charts and um, it's one of the fun things about the podcast is like you get different questions and uh, like we ended up we had a question once about asteroids, um, which coming from a more traditional astrology background, we you just recognize the planets that uh, that you can see in the sky, which is not all of them. Um, yeah, the asteroids are almost like silly to, to the, from that perspective. I'm you know, I'm a little more on the modern end of the spectrum as well, but. Uh, we ended up doing this whole deep dive into the, the asteroids and like learning so much about them and being like, oh, wow, these actually seem to do something. And, you know, it's uh, we're we're learning, too, I guess, when we're doing the podcast. It's so. interesting. I've noticed that especially with the, the primary planets, it seems more male dominated, whereas the asteroids tend to be yeah. more female dominated. So you've got uh, what is that? Pallas Athena. You've got um, Ceres. You've got mm -hmm. I think of all the ones that I can best uh and, and their meanings are very, very interesting. And, and I'm still, again, coming from very, just barely scratching the surface learning it. But when you add them into the rest of the chart, it really does deepen the the understanding and, and how things play out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, so, I mean, I'll go, go. I was just gonna say, so being, you know, being a writer and a language nerd, when you're talking about the language and the jargon of astrology, um, and how you get into it. I was looking up a creator that I follow on TikTok who is Ojibwe and he does an Ojibwe word of the day. And what mm -hmm. he does is explain the meaning of the word, but also the actual breakdown of like the little words that make it up because it makes up a phrase that explains a feeling or a tradition or like a cultural context. And then that gives the meaning to the word. So there's all these different layers to play with. And I feel like in some languages you have that unpacking to do, like to learn about the culture, it always expands. And mm -hmm. in astrology, it's probably like the more people you interact with and who give you feedback on the meaning, the more views and angles you see to reflect the same reality, which is really, really fascinating. Oh, I like that. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. And that's, and you almost start to realize like how limited you are by the language you speak, like English, you know, uh, has, it's limitations like you you know yeah, you, it's, yeah it's like blinders sometimes yeah. and then you end up using like 
we have so many similes and stuff that like, I don't know, but I know English is supposed to be like one of the hardest languages to learn. Um, I must feel like astrology is easier in my opinion, but. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems easier on the surface, but, but to really like nail down the, the meanings of, of specific transits and stuff, I think is, is a lot more complicated. Well, and then translating it into something that can be understood outside. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of which, so last month, we looked at the end of February into the beginning of March. And I remember March 3rd was the date that we had highlighted as a really interesting bunch of conjunctions. There was Mercury, or sorry, it was Mercury and Saturn. It was the Sun and Jupiter. It was uh, Mars, Venus, and Pluto, like all coming together in different signs at the same time. So I think it was Mercury and Saturn in Aquarius. It was Jupiter and the sun in Pisces and uh, Mars, Venus, Pluto in Capricorn. That was March, I, uh, March 3rd. March 3rd. March 3rd. I think it was like 3 a.m. was the, the time when it was like everything was kind of perfecting. Yeah. Everything was conjunct something like everybody, yeah. you know, it was. Uh... It was a. I think we had Renee on last month and she had said that the way she had described it was kind of like lancing a boil. I love that, that analogy there of there's going to be a lot of pain that comes, but it's like necessary pain that, you know, you should be able to soothe over afterwards. It's necessary mm -hmm. for healing. And I, I kind of wonder how that played out for everybody. Cause I know for me, it was about 48 hours of just shit falling to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Like I ended up having to cancel trips. Um, I got unexpected bills. I couldn't bring my kids to the doctor for a, a bill that had surfaced from 2019 that needed to be paid. And like my car had broken down. It was just, there was so much crap within a 48 hour window. Yeah. I mean, that one was complicated. It was like a, <clears throat> you had like a nicey kind of in Pisces, like some nice stuff happening. It was like one segment of your life, like maybe, uh, going like smoother smoothly um but then like yeah the the aquarius capricorn stuff it was like some boils for sure to be land <laughs> but like the pisces was maybe the ointment that you can put on it afterwards so how did it play out for you guys you remember anything specifically happening around that time that that kind of met with the themes i know i did and i'm trying to remember right now because uh I don't believe we had a retrograde at that point. I think it was right around that time, though, that uh, everything went direct. Like, usually there's, like, a planet somewhere that's direct. Uh, that's right. Or... Yeah. Everything was moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we suddenly hit a wall instead, <laughs> instead of going smoothly I, down the road. <laughs> I had good stuff that day. Like, March 3rd and March 4th, I had a normal day, March 3rd. I'm looking at my planner. Like, it's where I put my notes. And I had, I did a workshop for someone that I got paid for. And um, I, I I ran I ran for the first time in several years, so I was like that was a good exercise goal <laughs> instead of walking. So I was I was leveling up in my my goals. All right, all right. Yeah, I felt actually I think I was pretty happy that that day because um, I was mainly focused on the uh, the Jupiter conjunct the Sun, which is also known as uh, Kazemi. Um, which is like a a nice place for a planet, or it's a complicated place, but it's like a like a special place where like you get clarity on things or it's like um being selected or like identifying uh the direction you want to go there's like a moment of clarity sort of and 
that day actually, what was it? The first day was right around the time that we started doing, um, uh, we started, uh, if anybody uses uh, the Clubhouse app, we Oof. do um, a club called the Three of Wands, where every other week we do, um, uh, not bi-weekly, but semi-weekly astrology forecast. And then we also talk about tarot um, every week on Thursdays. I think that was like the day of the tarot group. And it was like a really good discussion. And like, I was like, yeah, I love doing this club. I love all this so stuff. We got two, two goods and one bad on the uh, prediction there. <laughs> but let's look at the house placement of where that was. For me, that was, um, let's see, Capricorn would have been third, fourth, and fifth house is where those would have all been hitting me. And third being um, communication, but as well as short trips, I could see the car issues right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. In car trouble for sure. Mm -hmm. And then for my kids, um, you know, with the whole snafu with the doctor's appointment, that's my fifth house. So for me, that Jupiter Kazemi wasn't uh, wasn't really that great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, like spectacular. Like I didn't get, um, you know, awarded a, a medal or something, or you know, I don't know, it wasn't like explosive, but it like felt really good and it felt like clear. Uh, for me, yeah. it was my my ninth house, um, which is centers around i mean astrology comes up in the ninth house but it's also like higher education uh kind of oh. spiritual religious matters um it's just like a, a generally kind of positive house learning um so i mean it was like a nice place to have that uh but then i also had like the mercury saturn in my eighth house which is like a more uh i don't know you can get bogged down in the eighth house it's like a lot of obligations and stuff that like you may or may not really want to do but it's like hurdles that you have to overcome and i still have a day job that you know i'm really eager to not have anymore so <laughs> you know like this is going really well it could go well a little faster but uh and how yeah. much does does sect play into that too because for me being a, a night chart jupiter isn't my benefic so i could see why jupiter's kazemi maybe wasn't as yeah. great for me whereas if you have a day chart Jupiter in you know in his power in the or in his home going through this Kazemi would be a very powerful moment. Yeah, where did that word come from, by the way, Kazemi. How do you Zemi? spell that, and where does it come from? Uh, C A Z I M I. Okay, I'm not a great speller, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but Kazemi, I believe, is Arabic. Okay, I believe, um, and it basically translates to uh, "in the heart of." Um, so in the heart of the sun. So when a planet is um, transiting the sun, you actually can't see it. It's like hidden right. under the sun's beams. Um, Got it. Which is like that's, cool. that's really cool. Yeah, it's like a complicated place for the sun, uh, planet. Like it's not the best place uh, when it's under the beams. But then there's that moment of the conjunction where it's like in the heart of. They also said uh, it's like sitting on the lap of the king. So like having the king's ear, having. I know, I'm like he's literally sitting on the laps, uh, the lap. <laughs> well, and, and if it's their own sign of of exaltation or or um, their house, in that like they're in their chariot, they're controlling what's going yeah. on. They have a lot more power. Yeah, yeah. If one, if either the sun or the planet in question is strong in the sign or that section of the zodiac, then it's usually a little more powerful. But it's like the sun is like selecting that planet for something. Um, and then that planet has like the the ear or the attention of the sun, which is kind of like the king of the planets, you know. 
So for people, it's like uh, when you see it in people's charts, it's like they, you know, being uh, identified or noticed for something, being like elevated or having like an influential position of some of some kind. Sometimes it's kind of behind the scenes uh, because the sun is the one broadcasting, you know, that you can see in the sky. But the planet's like kind of working behind the scenes, influencing the king, you know. Speaking of Jafar. which, too, um, I know all month long. Jafar, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Jafar. Oh, uh, Saturn. Evil. I love it. Um, what was I going to say? Um, um, okay. So Jupiter is in Pisces. So Jupiter's at home. And for the entire month, it's pretty much been under the beams. At some point, it's going to come out as the morning star and be hopefully in its own light. And I know with the, the sun heading into Aries, I think overnight um, tonight into tomorrow, the sun's in a different sign now. But is Jupiter still considered under the beams and still being kind of like uh, overshadowed? Or is Jupiter finally going to be able to shine in his own sign? Yeah, let me... Um... I want to look it up real quick because I know like right when the sun gets into Aries, uh, it's still under the beams. Like you still can't quite see it. Usually it's 15 degrees that uh, is generally like the border. <clears throat> um, sometimes in practice, it, it can vary a bit. Depends. Yeah, I've on heard 17, but I've also heard different planets have different areas that they yeah. can work with. So I'm not 100% on that one. It, it depends on like atmospheric conditions too and like what time of day. But generally 15 is like your general rule. Um and I think that doesn't happen until. And, and anything as a morning star is a more powerful version of that planet. It's a more uh, outwardly expressive version of it. Okay. Um, for a planet like Jupiter, like the morning star position is, is going to be better, I guess. Or it's, it's, it's going to be a little more like Jupiter style, um, which is like go big or, or go home. <laughs> Jupiter is a fun planet because I, I like how Jupiter can apply as the benefic, uh, you know, expanding that luck and bringing all kinds of good fortune. But then it also has the malefic tendency of it'll let you go into hubris and you're going to pay for that. So you can get as big headed as you want, but you're also going to pay for being big headed. I just I kind of like that that play that Jupiter has. Yeah. And and I've been getting more into Vedic astrology as well, which I mean is a whole nother set. And I, I don't want to go off in the weeds, but one of the things that I carry kind of out of that is like looking at what house the planet rules in your chart um, is going to affect whether it's, you know, more of a nice planet or more of a, a difficult planet. Mm -hmm. So like Jupiter rules, you know, your, your 12th house, it might have a little more of a, has the 12th house job, which is to, you know, get you in trouble sometimes <laughs> or to, We'll go with that for now. But I, I like to think of Jupiter in the 12th, because I have Jupiter in the 12th natally, as the Murphy's Law position. Mm -hmm. If you make a plan and you tell somebody that plan, it will not come out the way you think it will. But if you yeah. do something in secret and you work hard in secret, you get the reward of that hard work and your plan will, will work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, well, you also have Saturn in your 12th. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not such a bad thing because Saturn um, traditionally rejoices in the, the 12th house. So it deals with the topics of the 12th house, like isolation and uh, having to grin and bear difficult situations, you know, is that Saturn is good at that. So, I mean, that, that does help. Um, but like you were saying about sect before, the, the planets behave a little differently depending on whether you're born at night or during the day. 
and Saturn's the supervillain at night, you know? <laughs> I, I was listening to, and I think it was Robert Hand who did a lecture and it was a giant, like five hour long lecture. And at one point he was oh. talking about the, the, um, the malefics and the, the benefics as more being restrained or not restrained. So mm. like if Saturn is my out of sect malefic, I've got an unrestrained Saturn. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be Saturn in every way that Saturn is without any kind of limitations. Whereas if it's playing for your team, you've got a little bit more control on those, those Saturn topics. Yeah. It's a little like more hardcore Saturn. See, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I think of Saturn as kind of like that, that, overbearing parent who's got the, the 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 sandal in their hand ready to pop you upside the head every time you screw up <laughs> they do it because they love you and they want you to do the right thing <laughs> I, I think you used a uh, uh, mommy dearest or yes that'd be interesting to hear about what's coming for that uh that planet because i'm here at my parents house right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturn's in my fourth house too. Saturn oh, yeah. needs to get the hell out of my fourth house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a stellium in my fourth house. I've got my sun there. I've got my south node there. I've got Mercury and Mars there. And right now Saturn is hovering over uh, the Mercury and Mars conjunction. And it's because of the retrogrades this year. It's basically just going to be passing back and forth over those two the entire freaking year. Yeah, <sighs> I know we. Yeah. I'm going to pop downstairs. I'll be right back in two minutes, everybody. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, I know. Well, me and you, Katie, have the same Mars placement uh, in Aquarius. And I think I just I just survived my Saturn transiting my Mars. And yeah, that's still coming up for you, I think. Or is it exact about now? I can't remember where. I think I think it's it's if not exact right now, it's within a degree. Yeah. And it's when I look back through, I went and got myself a present. I got my. Planets and Transits by Robert Hayes. Oh, yeah. I, I freaking love this book. Oh, my goodness. It's been so helpful. Um, basically, that just there's a lot of negativity in thought and a lot of restrained um, energy that I'm, I can basically expect this year. Like, I, I really have to concentrate more on my single-minded thinking and try and avoid that. And I need to utilize the energy in the best spots. And I've been feeling that so hardcore this year. Yeah, I I don't have that balance that I've needed to figure out between you know work and play. I don't have it, and yeah. I end up working myself stupid. But I do it to my own detriment. I work, you know, sometimes sometimes on the weekends I will work straight through the weekend, no sleep, to mm -hmm. get stuff done because during the week I didn't get work done, which is happening again for me this week, <laughs> where I screwed my whole self, you know, my schedule up this week, and it. I have myself to blame. There's no one else to blame but me. And uh, now I have to pay the price for it. So I have to figure out how to properly utilize the energy where it needs to be. Yeah, that's it's it's a hard one. That's uh, and actually, did you read it in Planets in Transit? Um, the Saturn transiting Mars. It's like I think he says that it's one of the worst, the worst uh, transits. It's one of the harder ones for sure. Yeah, because um, and it's slow because I think for you, Saturn is going to it's going to tends to like it's like a steamroller that like has to back over yeah i'm getting all the retrogrades this year it will not leave <laughs> my my mars and mercury because they're conjoined by that one degree until i believe we're at, we're at december maybe we'll finally get away you know enough separation where it's not shouldn't be affecting me 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to go across, come back, go across again. So it's like this year is, is meant to teach me how to properly use the energy and the, you know, not just the mental energy, but the physical energy as well to get things done. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, not a fun lesson. I'm, I'm there too. I, I uh, made it a point to get a lot of sleep last night. Cause I wanted to bring my best self to the spilling ink, of course. But um, there is like the, it's, it's like being stuck in a traffic jam or like, and you're like late for work and you're just like, ah, yeah. ah, stopping and going like you get to go like a few inches and then you have to stop again. Saturn yeah. is the planet that stops and Mars is the planet that wants to go very fast. Well, okay. And speaking of that, um, looking at the transits for this year, we've got a, a Mars and Saturn conjunction happening in the sky. Yep. <laughs> also going to be hitting on top of all this. So it's, it's, yeah. there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negative energy happening. I think this month, just in general, just for mundane astrology. And um, I know on, on Twitter, we've been kind of back and forth talking about it as well, but with Venus kind of being pressed in between Saturn and Mars, mm -hmm. there's there's kind of that repression of of I was looking at Venus as you know what makes life worth living, what makes things good, what makes you know life happy. There's a lot of oppression on both sides happening to Venus right now, and even if she's making an aspect to another sign, like she's going to run into Uranus on uh, today. Actually, I think to, today is the the. She yeah. can't reach out to, for help, even if, you know, Uranus is in her sign, because Uranus isn't a very helpful planet for that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to spur Venus to want to do something, I think, about her situation, right? Um, it doesn't change. Yeah. Like, you're right. It doesn't change it. And if anything, it's going to be like, oh, my God, I got to get out of traffic. Or, you know, I got to get, I got to get to work. I'm late, you know? Yeah. Uh, but. Uranus is good for um, having like sudden flashes of like, like wanting to shift the uh, Uranus will tend to make you shift direction suddenly. Um, so maybe you like you see an exit and you're like, all right, that's going to I'm getting off of this track. It's not going to work. Um, there's and, always the question. If you take that other route, are you going to run into another traffic yeah. jam or <laughs> yeah. are you going to find your way yeah. through? And, and there's a gamble involved in that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you could you can make plans um i would say for however this might be vaguely generally applying to you as an individual which it may not um kind of depends on how it's hitting your chart but let's say that we're not getting venus isn't out it isn't going to be out right now it's going to be out uh what is it i think in a couple weeks she runs into to saturn directly on the 28th yeah which i think that's like a face your fears moment like she's, sure. she's got to face, you know, you know, stare down the enemy and make it past before we get in the clear. Because once she goes into, to, um, um, Pisces, that that's her exaltation. We'll get finally a happy Venus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm allowed to swear on your podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a shitty month. Um, generally, <laughs> uh, but April basically like once Venus gets into Pisces, and I would say even when Mars gets out of Aquarius, because uh, Mars sat in together, it's, it's not always super fun. But uh, like later into April and May are going to be nice months. Uh, for? For life. <laughs> I mean, not, not for, I mean, it's going to vary from person to person, obviously. But um, 
I mean, like general mundane transits, not not specifically looking at like birth charts with house placements, but yeah, general like Jupiter in in Aries and Venus in Pisces, like those are more positive than where they are right now. Yeah, the the Venus like can't really do much to help anyone right now. Not not, not like a ton. She's kind of dealing with her own issues. I had seen a meme somewhere. I need to find it where it was like the two planets represented as people sitting next to to Venus, just squishing her in. Yeah. And and that's kind of what's going on right now in in Aquarius. It's like being uh, stuck on an airplane with like two dudes that are like man spreading right next to you and you're just kind of jammed in. That's I think how Venus feels right now. She's trying to be polite, trying to be courteous, but. She needs to fuck shit up is what needs to happen. (laughs) And that's that's probably what like the Venus square Uranus feels like a little bit. Like I need, maybe she finally gets up and gets out of her seat or she's not off the plane, obviously. Yeah, I was, I was looking at it because the moon right now is in Venus's sign of um, Libra. So if she looks behind her, she's, she's got a planet there that are at her back, but she can't touch it because Mars is right there. And she looks forward and she's got Uranus in Taurus, her other sign, but he's no help. It, she's just stuck between these two just giant assholes that she can't get around. Yeah. So not, <laughs> not a happy place. <laughs> yeah. Having those, I'm glad you brought that up though. It's like having the, the resources in both of her signs. It's like, it's where you can like come up with a plan, a game plan, an exit strategy. Um, be a way to like get the flight attendant's attention and you know get them to change seats. I like this metaphor. <laughs> I love it. No, keep going. This is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's this is this is the forming the ex- exit strategy phase, but you know the actual exit is going to be in a couple weeks. Can we, um, Margaret, can we use you as a guinea pig for a minute? Because I would love to like throw your chart up and and look at it from how it would play out maybe in your chart, because you've got uh, Aquarius sitting in your communications house, which, which intrigues me. Yeah, let me pull up. All right, let me see if I can pull this back up. Go for it. There we go. Yeah, because you've got, okay, so the moon is in your 11th house right now by by transit. And where's Taurus? Taurus is in your 6th house. So Uranus is sitting in your 6th house. The moon's sitting in your 11th house. And Venus is sitting pinned between Saturn and Mars in your 5th house. Yeah, you haven't had any car problems, have you, Margaret? Not for at least a month and a half. Oh, interesting. Well, see, the topics of the third house, if I'm trying to remember from the classes, it's your small communities, your um, Mm -hmm. early education, your siblings, and um, short trips and travel. So any of those topics could be what's being, I would say, delayed or frustrating. Uh, any like noisy neighbors or anything? No, no, no my neighbors are actually cat sitting right now for the first time, so they've been really helpful <laughs> while I'm down in California. Nice, mm. small community. All right, so let's look at the siblings. Uh, I'm not communicating with two of them, 
very much at the moment, but the other one and I are in close contact because of the parent situation we're monitoring um, and it's going well. Okay. <laughs> Look at short trips and travel. You did just travel. I did. You said right. you had to go take care of your parents. So any issues yeah. with traveling that could have? Well, I had, so it was a buy a ticket on Thursday for a flight on Friday, which I have never done in my life. I had to buy a first class ticket on the way out. Oh. And it was the least first class experience I've ever had. <laughs> so that was disappointing. But that's expensive. Yeah. Wait, so you were on a plane recently? Yeah, yesterday. And you weren't sandwiched in between two dudes that were were No, but I had the first seat, which has no ability to put anything underneath, no ability to put anything up on top, no ability to put something in front of you, and like the tiny like fold out thing on the side instead of an actual tray. So it was like uh, the worst of first class. There you go. That's that's, that's silly. Fun. That's like there's a know. there's a podcast called Hysteria. Um, it's women who are like talking about stuff, and they have a segment that's called being petty. And they're like, "This is the thing I'm petty about this week." And I'm like, "That's my." Petty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was fine. Going, going back a couple of days when we had the full moon in Virgo, that would have been your tenth house opposing. Um, oh, geez, what was in? I think it was Mercury in the fourth house. For you, communication. Now, for me, that played out as like, you ever had that feeling where where you're drunk and the filter has been removed, and you say whatever comes to mind, and then you regret it later. That was kind of how I was feeling during that that opposition. It was just the mercury was drowning and that filter was gone, and I was just like reacting to everything I could react to. Mm. It's actually a good uh, way to think about Mercury and Pisces. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a drunk Mercury a little bit. <laughs> um, sometimes, though, like a drink or two can help loosen you up and make you, you know, speak up when you otherwise wouldn't. Um, some people are really funny when they're they're drunk, but it also will make you just say all the words or, you know, maybe not make sense. Depends on how many yeah. drinks. And for me, that was in my social and, and uh, creative houses. So it was just... Probably was funny online, but not exactly the, the normal version of me socially. So for you, this would have been 10th house, 4th house. So it would have affected uh, career or what you're known for, you know, out in the public view versus your home. And this is when? This is four days ago, you said? Uh, just two or three days ago is when it was really kind of hitting. Um. I think I have anything for that either. I think, um, cause I think you're in a Mars year right now, uh, which not that we'll go too in the weeds on that, but like not all trances are going to hit you or affect you equally. It's going to kind of depend on, um, through different techniques, like what planet is sort of in charge that year. So you might be feeling more of the, the Mars, um, transits right now, uh, which I, I don't know. What does that mean? Like feeling more? Uh, well, <laughs> right now, I would say, I mean, you might be feeling, I don't know if you've been like a little restless or um, I don't know. You have actually a really good Mars in your chart. So I I don't know. You're going to tend to get like a, the more of the productive element of Mars, mm -hmm. um, the, the get shit done side. Yeah. If I was at home, you'd see the get shit done, the sign behind me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that, is I'm that pretty good at that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean it. So the the Mars, because uh, we were talking about Venus square Uranus earlier, but Mars will be square Uranus in like two days, day or two. Yeah, I got the twenty second is what I've got listed. Yeah, and I would say that'll be what your. I'm, I have too many charts up right now, but <laughs> uh, that'll be third house, sixth house. Yeah, so, I mean. Uh, was it you that said that you started running this year? Uh, yeah, I started. I, I went on a run that day that you were guys, you guys were talking about, but I haven't done it since, as a week, a week ago. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't that. Mars. <laughs> Margaret says she get or Anita says Margaret gets stuff done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would think that. I mean, the Mars Uranus conjunction. Um, conjunction. The Mars square Uranus. It, it's tends to like inflame Mars, which is already like a hot tempered sort of planet. Um, so for you, I mean, it may be a little more productive, like you might get like a rush of energy, which might already be starting right now. Um, but would that possibly drive her towards maybe trying new things to shake up the routine, maybe meeting new people, um, changing some of her, her social structures a little bit because of that, that, um, that Taurus for her is what the sixth house, how she's doing mm -hmm. her day-to-day -day stuff. Yeah. I, third house is like very, it is very routine. It's like the stuff you do on like a day-to-day -day basis. So chores. the sixth is like the stuff you, it, there's a relationship because chores is kind of sixth housey because it's like maintaining sixth house is just like maintaining what you have. It's like keeping your house from falling into ruin. You know, the stuff, the maintenance you have to do on, on stuff. Okay. Uh, kind of managing the general entropy of your environment, like <laughs> keeping, okay. keeping that from happening. Um, so I don't know, maybe a shakeup in the routine would probably be uh, Interesting. On the okay. So I've, I've been in sort of a career transition, shall we say for the two years of the pandemic. And I'm in the, the last couple of months, few months feeling more stable in that and less anxiety about it. So mm -hmm. to feel that that's going to be shaken up is not my favorite. <laughs> Don't look at it as a negative, though, because it's change is change. Change is not negative. It's not positive. It's just something new added to what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Maybe I'll have a whole bunch of people join my my writer tier on Patreon and we could all have like a mastermind of writers each month, which is my plan. But, you know, I need people to sign up for it. So that would be cool. Well, speaking of writing, the third house is, it's, well, the house of communication, um, but also just like the daily writing, if you do a lot of daily writing, um, or not daily so much as like the stuff you have to do, like the planner you do on like a very regular basis, but yeah. like doesn't necessarily have a shelf life, like a novel mm -hmm. would be the, your ninth house, right. but what would you guys call them? Um, sprints? Writing sprints? Yeah. Is that... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm like curious about that because like that's you have Mercury conjunct Mars and Aries in in your uh, in your fifth house, but in your chart and like just like sprint writing. It's very just like descriptive of that <laughs> writing sprints. Um, but that's stuff that yeah. lasts usually because I usually use sprints yeah. to work on work out on the novella or other okay. long term stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of a. Uh, you had like a YouTube as well. I don't know. Like, it depends. It's like the 
Um, if you're like regularly publishing videos, like on a day-to-day -day basis or like a weekly even basis, like that yeah. would tend to fall a little bit into your, your third house. So yep. then you could like updating your channel structure, like trying a different approach to what you're doing, like a new type of video or, um, yeah, there's like an innovation sort of phase. That would be great to know. <laughs> um, yeah, I've kind of settled into a groove of my three videos a week and like whether they're on my channel or, or guest guesting on other people's channels. Um, but also in the past two months, I've been um, seizing the opportunity to be on other people's shows when it's offered like this. And so um, it's been more stochotic, more just sort of catch as catch can, which is not how I usually prefer to do things, but I'm trying to be open to more things. And so yeah. that's one of the results. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually funny though, uh, mentioning this show, uh, which it's like showing up in my chart as well. I actually want to like look a little more at yours, but it's, uh, I have Uranus transiting my sun and Jupiter, uh, and like Jupiter rules my ninth house. So, you know, astrology, among other things, falls into the ninth house. And like, uh, it's in my 11th house, which is like um, friends and alliances and just sort of mm -hmm. like general public. Um, the internet can kind of be the, in the, oh. the house. And like, I'm okay. you know, like, oh, I'm on a, a podcast on someone else's podcast, like showing up. And Jupiter is on my midheaven. So, you know, hopefully some people will. Um, Come watch my podcast. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> Definitely. They should. It's uh, fascinating stuff. I, I enjoy going down the rabbit hole, listening to everything or watching everything that I can, yeah. um, especially when I'm interested in a subject like that. One thing, um, I don't know how to really tie this into what we've been talking about, but one thing I've been noticing when I've been looking at other people's charts, especially this year, is, is the concentration of planets in specific quarters of the chart kind of pointing towards like a theme of of what that year is really telling you and margaret i know yours is is like really focused on that second through sixth house this year with all the different transits and it's it's oh. anything on the lower half of the chart is very personal very like mm. reconstructive rebuilding um revitalizing who you are whereas the upper hemisphere is more of how you are out in the world so like this year, it seems to me, and again, baby astrologer here, still learning. Um, this year, you're going through a lot of trial and error in working on those different elements so that probably next year, as the transits move more towards your upper hemisphere, you see the results of that. That'd be interesting. I mean, the, the trial, the big trial and error was like, I've been on YouTube for a year and a half. So the last year and a half, I don't know if that's the same transits or what those would have been, but that was a, sorry, <laughs> um, traffic noise. That was the, the skipping the stone in the pool and saying, okay, how many ripples can we make? Let's do this random other thing. And, you know, other stuff is not working. So let's try something new, but that was 2020. So well, that would have been, sorry to cut you off. But, yeah. Uh, I think Uranus would have been transiting. Oh, Uranus. It tends to make you just do different stuff. You said in 2020 you started the channel? Yeah, 2020. Is it Uranus or is it Neptune that's like the planet of revolutions? Because I remember hearing Uranus. That. Uranus, okay. Uranus. Uh, so Uranus would have been conjunct Venus in your chart in Taurus. 
um, around March of 2020. It would have gone back and forth a couple times, probably leading up to that. Um, but Venus rules, what is it rule? Your 11th house. So it might have something to do with um, generating like, you know, uh, uh, internet presence, presence online or social media presence or. Mm. Yeah. I would, uh, is, when did you start your, your channel exactly? June, May, June, July, July, I think. <laughs> Somewhere in there. It's at the end of June, early yeah. July, I think. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. interesting. That's, um, it's been awesome. I mean, for something to do during the pandemic that connects you to people, that makes you feel not alone, that gets you connections to like learn stuff, it's been great. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I'm wondering if hold on, I'm going to get I'm want to like look at your entire chart. So try try to get focus. Help focus me, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's true, though, that, that, you know, the 11th house, that social side being activated and you starting up with um, doing things that are more socially oriented. Um, within the limitations we had that year. So, you know, Uranus is, is kind of pointing you towards, again, not negative change. It's just change. Let's see what else we can do to get out there. Let's see how else we can reach people um, that, you know, made you, it, it forced you to do it. You know, you had no other choice because otherwise, what are you going to do? You're stuck at home. Everybody's on in quarantine. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we're still, we were talking a little bit about this backstage, like we're still in the mode of feeling comfortable with virtual connection more so than in real life connection. I think that's definitely mm -hmm. true for me is that I'm kind of trying to remember or make new decisions about things in real life because the circumstances have changed and I'm kind of like getting my energy from different communities now. So, And how much of a, a negative impact has that had on us considering like the world at large right now and what's going on where we've been so cloistered now and so separated that we're, we're maybe not seeing how the connecting points of what's going on out there is really affecting us. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because like the Saturn in Aquarius is going to have a lot to do with that. Just like the trans, like the mundane transit of Saturn through Aquarius. Uh, Aquarius is like a very social kind of sign, but it's like a it's social thinking, not social acting, though. I think it's like Aquarius. Yeah wants to yeah. think about the greater good of humanity from back here. Yeah. It's interested in, in, in people, not persons, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like big picture sort of stuff. And I would think that uh, it actually Saturn first got into Aquarius, like, like the day lockdown started uh, March. Um, it's like 20th, I think of yeah. Yeah. 20th. And it was like, ushered in this whole era of like weird and like i remember first like getting out of uh, like going back to my day job after like a year and a half of not working and just being like uh how do i socialize with people now like how do i how do i relearn my social muscles like how do i like they atrophied but like we yeah we definitely got like used to the this more like distant kind of uh, communication, being able to, to like social media is very like Aquarius in the sense of like you are distant from people when you're you kind of broadcast a, a thing that you say 
and you kind of get a general number of likes or you get some comments too, but like there's a, it's not like interpersonal um, mm -hmm. interaction or even a podcast is not uh, really interpersonal as much. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. very, very good. Josh. Just, very good. Maybe well, good remediation actually for the Mars Saturn conjunction. It, it could be. Well, going back to that, that mommy dearest or, or, you know, the, the, uh, the mom who's got the sandal ready to pop you across the head with it. Like Saturn was, was very much, you know, that's it. Everything's closed. We're done. This is for your own good. Yeah. And while yes, it was for our own good to a sense, there was that, that other impact on us that we maybe didn't, didn't know was going to happen. Yeah. And Wonder Uranus, oh my oh my God. Uranus has been in Taurus since what? 2018 ish. That's my seventh house. And that was like actually the the ingress into Taurus was the the start of the end of my marriage where I spent two out two years sleeping on the couch before I finally called it and it's been still two years since that we're still not on paper divorced but you know doing our own thing and trying to deal with it. I need Taurus or Uranus to get it, get the hell out of Taurus and stop fucking with my relationships. <laughs> when when does it transit out? That's a good question. We got another couple of years. Because see now it's heading over my Chiron going back and forth and I'm, I'm realizing the effect to tie it back to the Saturn thing. I got really comfortable being by myself, like super comfortable, but it's gone to the, the point of detriment now where I, I find myself not wanting to reach out, not wanting to allow other experiences. And it, it's, I've got to figure out how to go back the other way, but like right now, I'm super comfortable in that whole Saturn cloistered, being by myself, don't need other people. But I'm realizing that's the wrong thought process at the same time. I think the general rule with Uranus transits is not to get, um, like you may be feeling that way about it right now. It's going to change. And it's probably going to change multiple times before it's over. And you have Uranus like right on your ascendant too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's going to like, reach its peak right as it's wrapping up in Taurus. The so nodes are going to be hitting it at some point too. Yeah. Yeah. I think they passed the node too, right? Or your, the nodes, I think passed your ascendant already. I don't know. I'm, I'm going by memory. So I don't What What am I mourning? Josh, you gotta, you gotta be a little clearer. I don't know who's, who's mourning what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cause you have the South node going like through your first house. Yeah. I've got South node in my first house and, um, um, North node in seventh house right now. So uh, the south node already passed through my ascendant and uh, <laughs> coincided actually with the death of the family. And uh, I'm just waiting now for that that north node to transit with, with Uranus and see how that plays out. Yeah, that's... It's going to be... I mean, it's... you. Uh, whenever I'm like reading for someone, like I don't try to predict what is going to happen with the Uranus transit or anything it's, it's gonna it, but the nodes are kind of like that uh a lot of traditional it's why maybe a lot of traditional astrologers don't want to use the outer planets uh uranus pluto or neptune because they have so many kind of overlapping um themes with things like the like the nodes the nodes tend to just do weird stuff to planets uh when they're transiting so it's like i'm not gonna say what's gonna happen well i've you know astrology can only do that so much but 
it, it's just going to be weird and a lot of change probably for the next, uh, I mean, year with the nodes, but with Uranus, that's, you know, just a lot of weirdness and unpredictability, but it's always somewhere. There's always some part of your life that's getting some weirdness or unpredictability. I, I'm looking at Josh's comment here that I, I'm mourning my relationships that I've broken up. I don't mourn the relationship. Um, it, it's more of a recognition of there's no ability to become vulnerable and trust another person um, because it's not worth the effort at this point. And that's, I realized that's not the correct way to be thinking, but that's the mindset that I, I kind of got stuck in with being comfortable being my, you know, mm -hmm. I'm responsible for myself. I can do whatever the hell I want to, which very, very uh, Aquarian. I do what I want. And to be in a relationship, you don't get to do what you want. So there's that, that thought process that I'm going to have to figure out how to get around. Yeah. I I mean, I think that the Uranus trains, it's going to be a lot of like testing those. Breaking kind of down the structure of that, like you're going to be breaking it down, you know, and it's going to be different like experiences that might trigger that, but it's probably going to change. Mm. I would uh -oh. say. Dangerous thing to say. Oh, uh oh, do tell Josh, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we we're almost at the hour mark. Good Lord. Yeah. This was such a quick conversation. Like I want to keep going. I want to talk on, on these topics more. <laughs> but then that's been how astrology has been for me. When Once I latched back onto it, um, I used to love astrology years and years and years ago. And then come the Saturn return, I got focused on writing and writing took over my life and everything else kind of got the, the back seat. And then uh, right around, what was it, 2020, the, that Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, like a light switch. It was like, hey, remember you liked astrology? And <laughs> since then, it's been like going straight down the rabbit hole. And so I, I like, I want to keep going. I want to keep talking as much as possible. But I'm sure you guys have other things to do. You guys have a life. <laughs> I mean, I can go a little longer, too. But yeah. <laughs> I don't need to end at uh, 9 o'clock on the dot, necessarily. But. Okay, well, just checking in because, you know, like I said, I can talk forever. Margaret, are you okay to hang out or do you need to be some? I know you're taking care of your parents. Yeah, I need to wrap because I need to get dinner out of the oven for them and mask up again to go to the rest of the house. <laughs> try make sure they're drinking their liquids and all that. So I will have to bow out. But thank you guys for having me on and talking about the chart. That was really fun. Yeah, I, maybe I'm you very can join us for another one. Transit, so I'm going to be tracking that next time you have the show as well so that'll be good to like keep in mind for me okay all right well thank you for hanging out with us let yep. me know when you've got openings on your show as well because i definitely want to uh to pop in and visit with you sounds um, good sounds good I, I don't know i don't i didn't catch your well you'll have it in the notes but i didn't yeah, catch i will movie. make sure to put it in the notes interesting yeah Oh, it's just your name. Your it's name. just Margaret Fennard. That's my YouTube <laughs> channel. Um, yeah. It's the same on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, the only thing that is different is is Twitter, where I'm Taste Life twice because that's my publishing company. And like I said, um, you can message me on any of those places, but YouTube is where I put out the most content and focus my energy because I love connecting with people there, and they're great, like here. So thank you both. Nice to meet you, Kyle. It's nice to meet you too, Margaret. Yeah. Thank you, Margaret. Bye. Yeah, I, I can talk forever on this. I, it's it's become such an obsessive fascination for me. And and like I said before, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I need to continue learning. And so it just it's like a self-feeding thing. 
yeah it, i mean it, it never ends i feel like uh that was how it started with me in astrology was just getting um like finding like oh wow this actually says something that's true and then like it's like the hook and it just like it never lets you go mm -hmm. <laughs> I, my, my publishing company that i started way back at the beginning so in like 2010 is called rising sign books it was a nod you know, like mm. a tongue-in-cheek nod yeah. to my ascendant ruler of mars because i can get shit done when i put my mind to it and so mm -hmm. that's why i named it that but as that was coming into focus astrology took the the back burner while writing became the focus and i worked for about 10 years or so on building just my ability to be a writer and a consultant um you know all that stuff yeah which is funny because I, I said this before we even went on the show. Um, I went back and listened to that first astrology reading, uh, the recording that you'd sent me. And you had talked about the themes of, of changing direction and stuff. And it was like, wow, it really did change directions. And that that Saturn Jupiter conjunction in 2020 was like, again, the light switch moment where it was like, hey, remember you liked astrology? Now you're going to learn everything you can. <laughs> And the shift went away from me publishing my own stuff towards me working more as a ghostwriter. So yeah. I can still continue writing, but now I can also have some other areas to focus on. I mean, I, this is not, uh, this is like, I almost have too much personal interest in it now because I feel like there's ways to like merge astrology and the writing. I don't know. I'd love to see some like astrological fiction out, uh, out there. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I've got to figure out the right ways to tie it together, but it, I mean, it would be interesting. I don't know. I I I think there's like a a book about like a dystopian world where um, astrologers take over and you they set up like a class system based on like your chart, based Ooh. On your chart like organize the whole world around astrology. But does that play into the stereotype thing? Because I I know we've been joking this last week on Twitter about the stereotypes. And there, there was one of those, again, the stick foot and mouth moments. There, it was a, a person on Twitter who was really, really Scorpio. And so I was playing <laughs> off that as much as possible. It was hilarious because I was going super Aquarian versus his super Scorpio. Yeah. And there's a lot to it. And a lot of people, that's what they understand about astrology. They know the sun sign and they either believe in astrology because they love their sun sign or they don't, even though the sun sign is really only like one small portion of of how it applies to you know who you are but there are a lot of stereotypes with the sun signs that, that we get to play off of so if i did something like that would that actually hurt the uh the idea of astrology being legitimate if i played off mm -hmm. of you know sun signs as your your specific group uh well i mean i would probably think that it would be if it was astrologers really taking over they would go way into your chart and like uh, it would almost be like a more of a commentary on, I don't know, be not my book. Cause I can't, I'm not a book writer, but uh, um, the idea that you can like, uh, if you're going like in the really hardcore direction of some traditional astrologers that like you can predict the outcome of somebody's entire life, whether they will or will not succeed in X area of life. Um, if somebody like that took over the world, you know, they might be like, well, you're, this is what you're going to be good at based on your chart. So you are going to be a construction worker forever and you don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, it, you could turn it into like a fate versus. Uh, oh yeah. 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 I mean, that, that whole, 
and and that's one of the things that drives people away from astrology too is that they they fear the the fatalistic side of yeah of well the, your chart says this and this is what's going to happen but it's all still a prediction it's not a a definite it's yeah. general themes of what could be happening not always an exact this is going to you know this exact thing is going to happen to you yeah i mean i would i definitely struggled with that too the fate free will thing and actually getting the deeper into it i was like wow it was kind of scary a little bit when you're confronted with the idea of fate and like you're gonna live some version of this in your chart and then you get some who are like really authoritative saying like this is what's gonna happen like this is always this kind of thing and it's not really but um i think at the end of the day it, even if astrology had that power to predict things in such a specific way the fact that humans, the idea that humans could divine that language and say precisely what it's saying in that specific way is like kind of arrogant. I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I think most astrologers uh, <clears throat> are always in this ongoing process of studying and learning, and they're always learning more. And it's like never mastered. It's never done. So I, they're, they're, they're like you said, it's predictions. It's not. This could be more Saturnine because mm -hmm. Saturn does pretty much rule everything in my chart but there is kind of a piece that comes with having something predetermined for you granted you know even if it's like a negative you know the negative's coming but you'll get through it there's a piece in that yeah well yeah I, I think people like it when it's good stuff usually when it's like oh you will succeed guaranteed um, yeah but yeah there there is a sort of piece in like um I don't know. I think what astrology ends up doing is it, is it sort of contours the space of an area of your life, it gives you a sense of like where that, what that direction is. And it almost like helps limit the focus a little bit. That's the right way of putting it where it's, you know, not going to go extremely this direction or extremely this direction. It's going to be in this kind of direction and you can maybe adjust your expectations based on that a little. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like I was saying earlier with the, the themes of the, the year where the planets are mostly, you know, clustered around and how far they're going to make it through the year, translating to which hemisphere of your chart that applies to. It, it gives you the idea of like what yeah. the, you know, what to expect this year and, and what lessons that's going to kind of play out for you. So for me with that Saturn, basically just going back and forth over my fourth house, Mercury, Mars, there's a lot of, of learning how to play with the energy and use the energy in the right way. It yeah. sucks. It's not a happy thing, mm -hmm. but there's a lesson to be learned from it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, that's, that's why I don't tend to get too into prediction. It's like, you know, if you have a Saturn transit, something important in your chart, probably a general takeaway from that is like learning patience in that area. You know, like things aren't going to move fast there. They're, going to be slower and you're going to have to be a little more deliberate about the way you approach things there um and that is more useful than saying like you're you know your cat's going to die uh next week <laughs> like it's not that even you could predict that in my opinion but uh i mean there i know there's folks out there who claim that they can but it's I, a six health transit but <laughs> 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 I've done that too. I've, I've gotten into the weeds where 
you know, I, I, I've learned something new and I want to explore it. And then I'd go back and, and I can pinpoint the moment, you know, my dog died and I'm like, Oh, I see the transits. I see what that, you know, that yeah. makes sense, but it's more hindsight than future predicting. It's the ability to recognize the language after the event has happened. Yeah. And contextualize. Yeah. Just, it gives things context um, after they already happened. And I mean, the transits will surprise you too. Like, you can maybe get a sense of like it's gonna be that flavor, but like what, you know, what flavor exactly? There, like it's there was a perfect transit. Uh, I think it was like a month ago, where um, I ended up spending the whole weekend. Just my whole weekend got blown out of proportion, and I was helping my daughter write her um, scholarship essay. Mm -hmm. And the the transits lined up again. Hindsight, looking at it afterwards, it was like wow, that really, really like outlined it. If you looked at it you know, from that, that top down view after the fact, because it was, uh, you know, my fifth house children being activated, my seventh house relationships being activated, my third house, um, with writing being activated in my 12th house of, um, uh, it was the Pluto square in the, the 12th to the third that was really being activated. Like I was doing something to help my daughter be able to have something I didn't have. That was kind of a, you know, a, a little a general annoyance for me that I didn't have it, but I'm making sure she had it. And yeah. I was reaching out to friends for immediate help. So it was that, that Uranus and Taurus, that reaching out to friends to get immediate feedback because I had editors helping me to edit the stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was that fifth house, you know, working on getting something done for my daughter and that third house of writing. It was like, it lined up so beautifully, and you're but being it was hindsight. Yeah. And that's sometimes that's like, like you're being Jupiter, like for your daughter. Like, yeah. You know, being the, a benefic. So, I mean, Jupiter still, even if you have a night chart, it's still, still trying to be Jupiter. It's just. Yeah. And, and I, I recognized like the total time Lord thing with each year having a, a specific planet kind of owning that year and their transits being more, more important. Last year would have been a Jupiter year for me. And mm -hmm. looking back again, I see there was a lot of, of windfalls that happened right when I really needed them. Like it, yeah. it was unexpected you know good luck that showed up at the right moment i couldn't have, have asked you know i couldn't have predicted it it couldn't have seen it coming and um now that i'm in a mars year i'm feeling less of the luck that i had and a lot more of the realization that i'm not working as hard as i should i'm not uh i'm not focusing like i should be like i i'm feeling that like pressure to fix what's you know maybe hasn't been working yeah or having to take like more active role <clears throat> and it, it's like yeah it's jupiter will let you sort of skate by a little bit like will totally come in and like save you from like catastrophe in the last moment mars is like you're you stand or fall on your own merit sort of very much the soldier yeah yeah and it sucks because, well, I, I'm glad I had a Jupiter year after Saturn, two years of Saturn, because <laughs> those were very rough years. Yeah. But like the Mars so far this year is just, it's it's hitting me more, I think, mentally than anything else. It's just, there's a, a lot of reminders of how I'm failing and how <laughs> I need to fix that failure. I mean, it may not be reminders. Like it may just, you know, you may be doing a lot better than you think, but that's the thing with like Mars or saturn is it's hard they're harsh harder on you than maybe but there's a lesson to be learned there, there's a reason yeah. for the harshness yeah 
but it can be good to contextualize that is like i'm probably being a little harder on myself than i need to be because i got you know malefic planets hard planets not nice planets you know all over my business right now right and at least next year i have venus to look forward to that should be a good year yeah <laughs> but for now yeah it's definitely I, i'm feeling that switch from jupiter to mars and, and just especially where mars is in the charts just or in the sky right now like mars has been you know coming in hard all year oh yeah yeah it's you know like flew through um Capricorn like Mars in in um Sagittarius was great I like I loved that a little bit crazy energy but it was it felt like I was getting a little bit more done then Mars got into Capricorn and it was a very serious vibe that came through yeah I liked it I like just ran straight into Venus and ever since then man yeah it's been difficult can't wait for those two to separate yeah it's I mean it's going to tend to be with uranus and saturn both in fixed signs it's going to be <clears throat> any of the fixed signs taurus <clears throat> scorpio leo or uh aquarius it's going to be very marsy very tense um for the rest of this year because then saturn the will. um mars retrograde in gemini is is one i've got my eye on because he's going to be in Gemini for a long time. Now that's yeah. for me, that's going to be, I believe, uh, it's my eighth house. Yes. So I have a feeling that I'm going to, again, playing off that theme of, of the nodes being, you know, uh, South and Scorpio and North and Taurus, which is my seventh house. There, there's a lot of dealing with other people, a lot of relationships as the focus and less personal so with that eighth house being eighth house being outside resources, getting a like six months Mars focus on top of the nodes, you know, pointing towards working with other people. I have a feeling like the, this whole thought process that I've got of, of being happy at home and being happy cloistered and knowing that's wrong is probably going to get kind of a kick in the pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, potentially. I, I would, Mars and Gemini in general, it's just it's very chaotic and scattered, too. Uh, when it's retrograde, it's, it's a lot of all over the place. So uh, <laughs> it's, there's a uh, maybe some themes with the the attention, like not like having a hard time directing it. Hopefully, it just means there's a lot of things to pay attention to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than just the complete blowing up of the ADD that I've got. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's uh, maybe a good thing to keep in mind for that one for everyone that's anybody with add that's gonna it's very yeah, ADD. Is, is that something that you could attribute to a mars and mercury conjunction in the natal chart that, that add tendency because you've got mercury which is just you know quick thoughts quick actions intellect you know communicating and then you've got mars which is more that soldier energy that needs to have the orders given before it does the thing uh i'm I'm yet to establish a universal theory that will apply generally, but I know that Mars has something to do with the ADD. Like I, I know this. <laughs> so, uh, I'm positive that there's something in there about that because it's linked to the uh, it's actually ADD. Um, what was that? I was reading about this. This is a tangent a little bit, but uh, it's actually ends up being like good for survival. Like if you were like out in the woods mm -hmm. as a hunter, he's great because you're 
focused on like, oh, what was that sound? What was this over there? What was that? Your your attention is capable of shifting suddenly, you know, uh, which is a good thing if you're um, in a survival situation, if you're hunting, if you're out in the woods, but not if you're like in an office and you, you yeah. have to focus on stuff for hours and hours on end. Yeah, definitely not good. It's good for, for when I'm writing. If I can get the focus, yeah. I hyper focus on that and I can go for hours without getting up. I really need to get out and exercise. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with the ADD is it's things that you're actually interested in that you mm -hmm. can focus on, but you, it's like you don't get to pick. It's like, oh, I'm interested in this. You know, this I can focus on for hours and hours and hours. But, yep. uh, and you that's know, been I'm interested in eating. So, that's been the, the the problem this last couple of geez, it's been almost months. It feels like where my focus is drawn towards, let's say, astrology. I know I should be working. I know I should be writing stories. But if there's any little I don't feel like it, I'm not interested, whatever, you know, in the chapter I'm supposed to write that day. It's like, oh, hey, astrology. And then, <laughs> and then I spend all my time researching the wrong thing and then go and look at the clock and go, Fuck, I still have to turn shit in. And. Then I end up spending all night forcing myself to sit down and write, to meet deadlines, to, you know, get paid, Yeah, <laughs> which works to my detriment. So I, I've, I've had a problem with that focus and focusing on the right things at the right time is something I've got to work on. Yeah. Only you could make it the right thing. <laughs> make astrology the right thing somehow. Maybe someday. Maybe someday I'll be able to tie it all together. Yeah. All right, oh, so we were going to talk about, before you go, electing different dates for astrology, oh, yeah. for, for finding the right time to do things. I don't want to miss that because I, yeah. I, I'm i interested in this as a topic, too. Yeah, well, and probably keep it simple because I, I don't know. Uh, it's an easy thing, a way of approaching it that I think everybody can use. Um, but basically the idea with electing um, a chart or casting a chart for a time... Sorry, I'm until I'm my ADD starting to kick in. No. <laughs> uh -oh. More coffee. No, I'm good. Um, so electional astrology is basically the idea that you can cast a chart for a moment um, that you want to initiate something that you want to start something. So if you want to start a company, you cast a chart that is going to basically support the building of a company based on, you know, the configuration of the planets at that moment. Um, with, you could do the same thing basically for writing, um, and Mercury is the planet of writing. So I actually picked a couple of dates, uh, that people might be able to use if they want to start like a big writing project. Um, pull them up here real quick. So April 2nd generally is going to be a really good day for writing, uh, because you're going to have the Mercury... Uh, we had talked about Kazemi's earlier. Mercury is going to be in the heart of the sun, and the sun is going to be exalted. The sun really likes to be in Aries. So, you know, Mercury is going to be in good company when it's sitting on the, <laughs> the king's lap, I guess. <laughs> um, the sun will be able to put Mercury to good use. So good day for writing. Uh, if you live in the eastern, on uh, the east coast, in the eastern time zone, either 2.45 p.m. or 10 a.m., be really good dates for that um and then april 12th is also going to be a really good day because uh you're going to have 
Um, I almost don't want to overexplain it, but I'm going to pull it up real quick. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. What date did I say? April, April 12. <laughs> How did I get to January? How did I get to January? Okay. All right, so we have April 12. What time did you say? April 12th um, at 10.45 a.m. or start with that one first 12:45 a.m. What time zone? Uh for Eastern. So Eastern. 7:45 then. Yeah. Right, is that the one? Oh, I'm had the wrong chart pulled up here. I have because I have too many charts open. Um, do you have the chart up? Yep. I'll just look at it on yours. Uh, oh, that is in, it's in Taurus. We got Mercury. Looks like uh, connecting with oh the Moon in in Virgo. Yeah, I think what I wanted the chart to be for uh, Gemini rising. Basically, if you look at Gemini rising with um, the ascendant applying to Mercury, you can organize that. Yeah, right around there should be good. But yeah, you would have Mercury and Taurus um, applying to a sextile with Venus because Venus uh, rules um, Taurus. And Venus is going to be in a really happy place in, in Pisces. It's like Venus's favorite sign. And Venus and Mercury together are really good uh, for writing because, you know, Mercury does like the writing. It's the pen on the paper. It's the communicating. But Venus harmonizes and, and makes things beautiful, makes things pleasing. So when you can get those two together working nicely, uh, it's very good for for writing, right? Making making stuff beautiful and it'll flow easily. Like it'll it'll come out more naturally. I like uh, that mutual reception with Venus in her exaltation, Mercury and Venus's sign, Gemini rising. I like that. I like that. You should also have the Moon in Virgo too. I believe that yep. day. Yep. Virgo was uh, a Mercury Mercury sign. Like one of the best Mercury signs. So very nice day for writing. I would uh, pick that day to like start any writing projects, probably of all of them. Um, if you, if you have any big plans for them, but one of the simple things that I think everybody can do uh, is if you get a planetary hours app, um, which especially if you want to get into astrology in general, getting the time nomad app, which is free. Uh, it has a planetary hours widget. Um, so if you get time nomad, you can, uh, turn on the planetary hours widget and it'll actually, you may want to turn your, the notifications off because I have it. <laughs> it says every, you know, couple hours or every hour or so it's goes Saturn, you know, it'll like, uh, say the planet. And if you're out in public or at your job, astrology nerd or whatever, but, um, there's another app that might be a little more simple called planet. 
Planetaro. So planet, A-R-O, uh, which will just give you like the planetary hours. And uh, basically writing during the hour of Mercury um, will just tend to be more favorable. The hmm. idea that planet has like a little bit of extra uh, juice, you know, during that time has a little more influence. So Mercury will tend to support you more during those times. So starting your writing projects during the hour of Mercury will probably be, ugh, probably be helpful. I've got one question. So going back to the morning star versus evening star, um, and as it applies to sect, mm -hmm. so Mercury plays for both teams, but if Mercury is the morning star, it's more beneficial to the daylight sect team. And if it's the evening star, it's more beneficial for the evening sec team. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. Mercury is going to be a little more potent, a little more working favorably for you uh, as a morning star, if you're born during the day or as an evening star, if you're born at night. So if I was to do any kind of electional selections here, I would want my Mercury to be the in the evening star position. Ideally, yeah. Um, it's one of the factors. And I wouldn't say that it's like the most important factor, but uh, you're also going to get Mercury as like either it's going to stay in one of those phases for several weeks at a time. So I wouldn't take like three weeks off of writing for... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it, like it gives you a bump. Like I notice like I uh, have to write more and more doing astrology, you know, writing like horoscopes and, and stuff to help promote business. And uh, I often struggle with writing historically. So using like whatever I can to like help give me a little boost, um, like writing on the planetary hour or just noticing when Mercury is in a favorable configuration especially with my chart uh all like oh now's a good time to get some writing done like capitalize on it now for for as far as technique and writing goes i know we talked about it before we went on the show but don't uh don't limit yourself when you're writing the the, the rough draft phase is meant to be a hot mess yeah and i think a lot of people and i tell this to a lot of the, the clients i've worked with over the years is you hold yourself back if you're trying to be perfect on the first go, that's going to cause problems. It's almost better to just get in that flow zone space and just dump the words straight out onto the page as they come. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to increase your pace, if you're trying to increase your word count, because that's going to give you more to work with. You're never yeah. going to avoid the editing phase. You're never going to avoid revisions. And if you make peace with that, and can just let yourself write, you'll find that the writing comes a lot easier and it doesn't feel as much of a chore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have been, when I implement that, which, uh, it, it can, it actually, I can like find the fun in it. Cause it's like a release, you know, mm -hmm. it's like just getting, getting all the ideas out. Uh, tomorrow is actually a really good day for writing like that too. Cause you'll oh, have Mercury Jupiter <laughs> conjunction in Pisces. Uh, which we talked about a bit already that Mercury is a little weird in Pisces, but when it's with Jupiter, which does really well in Pisces, it, it's uh, going to support Mercury a bit, but I would say the kind of support is going to really uh, tend to support that like word vomit a little bit, mm -hmm. <laughs> not word vomit. A little bit. No, that's it. Word vomit. Yeah. It's, it's word vomit, but 
your page is going to be a hungry little birdie. <laughs> that really good to know because I got like 20,000 or not 20,000. I have 14,000 words. I got to turn in on Monday. So I need to get some writing done. <laughs> Tomorrow's the day. Well, it'll be overnight because after I get off of this show, that's when it's work time. So I, and then again, I, I do it to myself. I should have gotten more done during the week, but my focus was gone. It was being pulled in different directions. And while I did a lot of plotting, which I'm not a plotter, but the client work that I do has to go by their plot. And I've had to correct a lot of things yeah. to make it make sense. So I've done a lot of plotting in that sense, but I haven't done the actual writing portion of it. Yeah. So now I've got to get it done because I, uh, you know, Again, Saturn being being my controlling influence, I'm not going to get hit upside the head with the sandal. I got to get it done. I will yeah. not miss a deadline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I have to wrap it up here because I got to get. Yeah. This. Oh, thank you for hanging out with us for, for that extra little bit of time. I, I really wanted to touch on some of those topics that we had talked about. And yeah. I would love to be able to invite you back, too, if you're interested oh, yeah, to right. do some more, because I, I really want to make this kind of a mid-month you know, check in. I think we've been getting a lot of good comments from our, our um, viewers. So if they like it and I like it, definitely make this a regular thing. I'd love to. This has been a blast. Thanks awesome. Awesome. And for all of you guys out there who are watching this after the fact, check down below, look at the notes, and you'll be able to find out how to get in touch with Kyle as well as Margaret. And um, please definitely check out his work. He's uh, He's read my chart a few times and absolutely nailed some really interesting elements. So I, I definitely, I will, will shout your name to the stars. You know, you're, you're definitely somebody who would do a good job um, if anybody's interested in getting a reading. So check out the show notes. We will be back. I don't believe next week. I think we're back the following week. And as always, we'll have new people to introduce you to and some more fun conversation. Thanks everyone for watching. Yeah, we'll see you, you next time. Good night. <laughs>